podcast boy winding down boy it's towards the end of the year ladies and gentlemen it is the end of the year it is the end of the year it is the end of the year we have what uh, technically 15 more days left in the year all of that at all the time of this taping at the time of this taping <laughs> technically uh but um it's crazy so we know we usually get into the swing of things in terms of uh, well it's this general themes that you could really talk about towards the end of the year in terms of planning for that said new year in mm-hmm. advance. And I think we probably touched on that towards the end of last year too, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we probably still will do that. Have to. But more specifically, we're going to talk about organizing yourself for that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So if you're anything uh, like myself and, and everybody else in the space, I'm, I'm, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I could... Uh, semi talk about how I will be approaching what I need to do is that this year was crazy um, borderline ridiculous mm-hmm. a lot of things happened mm-hmm. now I kind of got to take stock and audit those things that happened yeah. uh, try to find what were the lessons if any because <laughs> if any, some of these things don't really <laughs> be giving you like lessons up front yeah, from the yeah, things yeah. that do happen, but there is something to gain from them or something to kind of extract from those lessons, kind of really taking stock of all of that and then mm-hmm. using that information to inform, okay, what should I do not only for next year but moving forward from now? So I guess that's where I'm at right now. Um, and I guess any thoughts from you in terms of initially kicking this off? Definitely doing an audit. Is Tremaine, I see you with a binder with like 5,000 pages. You've been doing this for the last couple weeks. Listen, sir, don't come at me, you, sir, who have 30,000 million pieces of paper. They're not in binders. They're not in binders. No, they're not. They're scattered everywhere. Right. (laughs) Which does not help you. Uh, So doing an audit. Definitely is, I think, the the best place to start because you don't know how to chart for your way forward if you don't know mm-hmm. what you've done before. Mm-hmm. And to be specific, so we talked about audits specific? before. Specific. <laughs> specific. We talked about audits before, but we are specifically talking about audits of the experiences. Yeah. Which it's kind of is a little bit different because the first one, the first type of audit that we talked about, is kind of more internally related to self. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, we're, we're reviewing an end-of-year review of the things that happened this year. Not ne- yeah, uh, the things that happened, but I also think the, your, like your, the things that happened in your business. So leading up to those things and then what happened after those things, how you interacted with the people or the customers or the, custom or the business or whatever it is. Like really taking stock of what was hard what was unnecessarily complicated, um, where you could improve, where you could streamline, um, and uh, kind of working from that point of view. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say, too, if you have plans, if you had plans for the year, could go back and compare if you met those plans. Mm. If you exceeded them, if they didn't happen at all, why? Yeah. And that's why it's super important to write things down for 2020 because then you can go back right. at the end of the year. Right. Okay, so 
we have the overarching thing. So again, with the, the, the purpose I, I would like to guide this episode to is how mm-hmm. do we organize those things now? Mm-hmm. You found those, you could probably start a solid list of bullet points, but how do you organize and put these into the pockets? What are your pockets for you? They, they may be different from everybody, mm-hmm. but how are you kind of sifting through and then putting this over here and that o- over there? Cha. <laughs> Uh, so I'm attempting to, this is really interesting because one of my goals for the last half of this year, which I didn't really work, and then also I'm taking it into 2020, is to be more organized. Mm. Uh, because as somebody with more of a creative bent, organization has always been a, a struggle. Mm. I'm the kind of person who there's mess on my desk, but I know where all the things is, but it's messy. Mm. Um so I've been attempting to compartmentalize things by work. So I have a I have a client and then I'm attempting to begin marketing my own self again and then also work what I do here for venture. So I'm attempting to have those three buckets mm. and then I, I guess a fourth bucket of like personal life, mm. things that have to do with the house, um, savings goals, that sort of thing. So technically four buckets, and then I break that down within each bucket by like projects. Um, and then within the projects, like goals or milestones that need to be hit, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks pretty on paper. Mm-hmm. It's so pretty, it's so pretty. Uh, the struggle that I'm gonna have, and then I think a lot of people walk into, and I don't think we are really aware of how sh- much of a struggle it is, is maintaining that pretty thing that's on paper and that out. Yeah. It's a wonderful plan. <laughs> and then something blow up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> something need to be replaced. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, how do you find a balance, which is you know a question we could probably circle back to. Mm-hmm. How do you find that balance or a sweet, or a sweet spot between... Uh, working the plan that you come to mm. and then managing the stuff that life throws at you mm. like that thing mm. but yeah vibe. buckets projects then milestones yeah I, I vibe with that I kind of I've kind of been leaning more to that regard it's just so funny to me that I felt like you think you would do this like I did I do this before is the question that I'm asking Mm. Or am I redoing, like, is it intuitive or is it, like, come to a head that I need to be more organized and to be um, m- more strategic in how I put things in pockets? I, I, I could honestly say, like, I could look back on my notes mm. and see I did notes. Of notes. And then I could see where the 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 different types kind of grouping together mm-hmm. but I've I don't think I've been this concrete into actually putting it mm-hmm. into categories before and mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons there's a lot of things going on I kind of have to do that to a degree mm-hmm. but there but also to a degree of there are things that are similar across the board so mm-hmm. right so even mm-hmm. if I have pro, uh, if I have uh, circle a B and C and then project a B and C in that circle a B and C mm-hmm there's administration that goes across all of those things, mm-hmm. right? And if that is an and if that's administration, if we're talking about organize our, organizing ourselves for performance, mm-hmm. how could I streamline this category to knock out two, if not more, of these things at the same time versus having to stop and pause 
to do these things for e- like to kind of okay this is done in in circle one mm-hmm. not to do it in circle two but instead okay this is administration that i'm going to take care of for circle a b and c right is that even possible mm-hmm. is it closely aligned where you could do that i don't know but i'm i'm finding putting organizing things in categories and pockets is help uh, is helping me to remove myself emotionally from feeling a, mm-hmm. a, a type of a way about it right mm-hmm. so in one regard it's like uh, a client projects whether that might be good or bad right if stressful or not stressful categories it doesn't matter the categories are always there what you put, what you do for that particular project so mm-hmm. I could say okay these are the this is the type of activity that I do in this emotion is removed and first is like mm-hmm. oh I don't want to think about it all that stuff is that even if you look and in another regard, finances, right? You're like, oh, man, I need to stop spending or I have to take care of this bill or all that stuff. But detaching and putting the categories of those different activities um, it helped me to remove myself emotionally for it so I could organize my thoughts around it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's happening. Now what still needs to happen is to kind of figure out the systems that revolve around these categories to be more efficient. But mm-hmm that organization into categories has kind of been the first step for me. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely say I put mine in categories. It spans personal, business, um, and then of course break down the personal, break down the businesses, and then break it down even further into months, weeks, days, organize it by Ideally, organize it maybe for first half of the year, last half of the year, and then by quarter, then by months, then by weeks, and then I don't go down to days. I don't don't go down to that minutia, but it's helpful. What I'm having to do, and I really, it's a necessity, but now I'm, I'm going to, in 2020, implement project management tools. I... Asana just does something to me, not in a good way, and that's just literally how my brain look at at ClickUp works. But I found an alternative potentially, Mm. Um, and it just hopefully I can organize it in a way that my brain works because it's not my brain is is linear, but at the same time it has so many different offshoots, and what works best for me is pen and paper. However that's too much paper. And then organizing, keeping papers organized, blah, blah, blah. I just can't do it. I have to do it electronically where I could always pull it up on one of my phones. Mm. So, so oddly enough, through this exploration of these um, pockets, categories, buckets, whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. I am, stu- I had the, uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it epiphany or more so like it's just obvious. But strangely enough, I think what it used to have been before, especially starting out, it's like, oh, this is a tool to use. Like, oh, this is a project management tool. I should use this tool. Or this is a a thing that I should use. And then you may stick with it. You may get proficient at using it. But then you may not use it as often as you do because the nature of work particularly changes where it becomes more work to actually use the tool. Mm. But... What I have found, and it's almost like, oh, okay, I could go in this uncharted ter- territory of 
exploring like this this work is formed or built in a particular way and kind uh, see, now seeing the shape of some work mm -hmm. now i can say oh this fits into this tool now because it have it, it could cater to how big or the size of this thing mm -hmm. right so i see Tremaine very confused and i'll try to explain in, in a, an example so let's say you have a particular project that has 18 moving parts okay. that you so could identify, right? Mm -hmm. But Asana, if you really use it skillfully, only fits eight to 10 of those mm -hmm. moving parts. Mm -hmm. And you could use Asana for those 10 parts, but those other five parts are critical to really giving you a snapshot, uh, critical for you to actually getting a snapshot of how the project really moves mm -hmm. and, and, and things, and there's just no way for it to fit. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing against Asana, but you're not getting the full snapshot or the full appreciation for mm -hmm. the actual project, which is weirdly formless or could evolve because you might learn something from that project. Or if you do two or three projects and you take two or different, three different things from each project, mm -hmm. but you, your company as a service provider provides all of that, yeah. what tool really shapes that? Or, or now the question comes along, whatever tool Good do question. I use, could it be, could it be flexible enough to cater to my ever-growing demand on the shape of work. You know what's flexible? Pen and paper. Fine, <laughs> always. However. Which is, no, which has always been, which is comforting to me as well too because in one degree it's like, why am I still using pen and all this paper and stuff like that? For whatever reason, I just feel more comfortable with it yeah. outside, like on paper than actually in a tool. I still use those tools, but I feel like it can move around in pen and paper or even a whiteboard. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But that is something that's o that'll always be perennial. No, it isn't always in your face, and you have to. You might forget a technique that you might use on pen and paper. But I think, weirdly enough, that's a, a, one of the better parts of the whole design, the process of designing something. Yeah. Not for what it is per se, but like designing the the solution to a problem. Okay. Um, and then, strangely enough, to go back on to like you know prepping for this for this year, I doing this weird thing have, has created tools for me in the previous years mm -hmm. that now kind of putting them aside and then discovering new things, I can now refer back to those and kind of put those two things together. Mm -hmm and see how they fit and really see what works and what doesn't work because mm -hmm. I may combine two or three methodologies that I did last year, put that aside because it didn't serve me in this particular context right now, at least I forgot about a context that it served me in. Mm -hmm. And now thinking, okay, I need to revisit this year. This are, these are new things that I learned. Oh, these two things could play together. And then I think that's how yeah. methodologies kind of develop from that regard. And that's an that's a ever evolving yeah. process because one specific thing I remember like planning out a template for my three, five, ten year, that was already a year ago, and I don't know if that popped in your head in terms of what I'm referring to. Remember that thing that I, I showed you? That, that this really, really long, yes. That really long thing. Mm -hmm. So I barely touched that. And I've learned new things now, and the thought is now occurring to me to revisit that in terms of what I now know mm -hmm. and see how that could, I Makes could learn sense. and evolve from that. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I think it is important to to revisit those goals and things that we set simply because as time passes, we change. Our priorities change. And mm -hmm. so those lists of things that we have as goals or priorities, 
you may get two years into your five years and realize half of this stuff is stuff I ain't want no more. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's important. Um, another thing that I found important in this whole or attempting to organize my life thing, I realized that in the past there were things that I had. Like I, I've always done a part of organizing, like, but not holistically. So this year, in doing this, I realized that ignoring my personal life and putting and focusing on uh, on organizing my work life mm-hmm. was one of the things that always uh, helped me to flop in years past because if I put all this focus on this side, but this side is just complete chaos. And so if I'm working and then I come home to complete chaos and mm-hmm. and I'm come I have to work from a place of complete chaos to to mm-hmm. function, then it, it, it throws the system off. Yeah. Um so organizing and then taking a real hard look at my personal life, at my internal um priorities and those goals and things that I uh want. Mm-hmm defining those and then seeing how they can mesh, how they play with, mm-hmm. how they feed off of or grow from my work and my work goals and, and different layers of organization. Mm-hmm. That has been something that's been interesting. Uh, not something that I intended to find, but I do appreciate it. Another thing that I noticed in just um in organizing my work was like there were parts vital parts of the process that I was missing mm. one of which was numbers and y'all y'all know me and the maths thing there does that maths thing <laughs> that maths thing don't work but one thing about maths maths ain't going nowhere no time <laughs> and numbers don't lie they don't and that's been one of the one of the really i guess powerful parts of this Organized organizing process mm-hmm. it was like I was very intentional about looking at numbers, like what needs to happen um, in order for this to happen, what needs to happen in order for that to happen. Like literally getting down to the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. understanding. Um, and we talked about this before on our on Busy and Line, like conversions, mm-hmm. um, the bare minimum amount of views that you need in order to hit your goals yeah. like those sorts of things on a almost for me it may not be very granular to nobody else but for me that's very granular okay and my i had to, i was hugging my calculator at one point because i was like hold on wait and i had a calculator open on my laptop as well so i was like this because it needed i needed to see it mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. i think a lot of times we make goals and we don't necessarily make them from a place of actuality mm-hmm. or realness because we don't we can't see the numbers. Mm-hmm. Cause woo child, I write down some goals and then when I did the math on them, I was like, oh, right, oh lord, we need so, to we need to extend this. That's a great, that's a great. But you point gotta that you brought up because any goal needs to become realistic, and to be realistic, you have to make it tangible, smart, and so that is yeah. not. Yeah, but okay, going back to let's say there's somebody who says, Okay, I want to make a hundred thousand dollars in twenty twenty. Lovely. However, how? they have no receipts. They have no idea exactly how much they made in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so they don't even know how much product or whatever else they're moving every month. Mm-hmm. Or what they made in the previous years. Yeah. Oh, and so they don't realize that they actually made 20 grand. So how are you going to jump that 80K to the 100 mm-hmm. if you can't even see what sells, what's hot, what's mm-hmm. not, what you need to let go of, mm-hmm. um, how you need to charge, mm-hmm. actually charge, how much time something actually Listen takes. to me. Right. When I realized my capacity, I was shook. Yeah. Because here I am in my head. You know, like when you when you trying to quote unquote get your business together, you thinking, okay, I want I could you shit together. <laughs> you have okay. yeah. uh, you thinking, you know, I could handle like five five clients, just five to seven, seven on a on a good month. You know, when I when I like in June, July, when I didn't get all my systems and processes together, mm-hmm. mm. and then I did the maths. And I ain't even supposed to have the one client I have <laughs> in addition to the two things I do it. Yeah. So it's like I'm I'm at a place now where I'm like, ooh, yeah. okay. So some things need to switch. Some things need to happen. We need to do some. We need to figure out a way to this the monthly goal that we need to get to hit some of these things that we need to accomplish. We need to figure out how to handle these five extra hours a week. What can't what ain't a, what ain't enough for a client? We need yeah. to figure out how to juice them buggers up, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. they can need to make up the difference. And a lot yeah. of that again comes back to getting like organized. Yes, about it. you or can't like, you can't get to that point unless you have some organization. You have right. to have started asking yourself the questions, uncovering them things, gathering your receipts. Mm-hmm. We don't mean the super value receipts. We mean literally your your your. Unless that's con- part of your business, because some people right. that's true. Have to buy but like stuff. your conversions, your sales, your analytics. This is why me and Shan always route telling y'all people not rowing. Sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look at your analytics. And, and that's exactly what I wanted to go to in terms of like okay, so let's say. You hear this, I mean, you hear receipts or documentation, and then you immediately start to beat yourself up. Oh, I don't have those. I've thrown those away, right? Ooh, Fine. Right okay, start. the past is the past or whatever. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't have those f- tangible things, mm-hmm. it's, as scary as it may seem, start by thinking backwards over your experiences, mm-hmm. right? There's more than likely one or two key things that you could think about on a month-to-month basis or like reverse engineer your experiences as a business, start there and then start building from that regard. And again, on organization, though, like a, a thing that I stick around in terms of methodology is um, mise en place. And we talked about this before in terms of like the chef's method of organizing okay, everything thanks. before <laughs> yeah mise en place um organizing every so before um chefs that they don't just go into a kitchen and just pull randomly for everywhere especially with how much cooks and everything would be in the kitchen that would yeah. be completely chaos. unorganized chaos mm-hmm. so a big part of the cooking experience is mise en place which is like okay all the raw ingredients or whatever you need for this particular service mm-hmm is organized before we even cook. That goes all to the utensils and all that stuff like that. So when it, when it comes to execution, everything is in its place yeah. um, to execute as efficiently as possible as well too, right? Mm-hmm. So what is a mise en place for us, our businesses, how we particularly do things, right? Mm-hmm. And on a very high level, tangible thing, a mise en place might be something for us, it's just organizing your workspace before mm-hmm. you even get into work or pulling these things. It might be to go down a little bit, uh, a level lower is your tabs on your computer, 
mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And to get deeper and deeper is like, how do you organize yourself for a project at a big scale of things before you do everything? And that might be on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis, on a yearly basis. Mm-hmm. And as I say this, I don't even do I don't even do it at that deep of a level yet. And maybe that's something to explore. My challenge has always been, especially for with a lot of these methodologies, as how could I execute it as efficiently as possible given the amount of things I have to juggle at the same time. So I'm trying to find that synchronization or those similarities between all projects to to really manage the the efficiency of energy as much as possible Um, but I could say it now that's probably the next step in terms of where I need to go is how could I be more efficient in terms of organizing or at least getting access to the information I need to be Mm -hmm. as efficient as I need as possible Mm -hmm. and when it comes to business management and administration again business runs on data and that information how could I organize myself to a point where I need to get a snapshot or know the key points of information mm-hmm. in a business to make the decisions that I need to do as fast as possible, as efficiently as possible, and how to continuously refine that process so we get better this um, this quarter, this year, and all the years coming from that. All of that. All of that, mm-hmm. And And that's, that's um, that is, it's a challenge and it's frustrating in itself because it's never, you, as, you could always find things that you need to organize, mm. whether that might be the papers in the filing cabinet or, or whatever. You could always find things to organize. And sometimes it feels like a never-ending process, but um, I think a part of that journey, especially, especially for organizing, as tedious as it may be, because you think about like a librarian in a, in a, in a big library, make that process fun for you in terms of what could I discover from this, what could I continue to learn from this, and could I be a better person from this. I know Tremaine gave me the stink eyes. I looked at it. These are these are the things that I'm relearning and 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 incorporating into right. my life moving forward. So I also want to say too, though, that um, I've been very guilty of busy work, and so I will also say too, you have to decide what is important and what's not. The eighty mm. twenty rule, right? Mm. And I'm trying to implement that in twenty twenty, and that's Pareto principle, right? So that means twenty. Oh, what's Lisa Plus? What's the Pareto principle? <laughs> the Pareto principle is... Um, what's Moore's Law? 20% of Moore's law is whatever good. will create 80% results. Mm. So 20% of your activities, 20% of your clients, 20% of whatever it is. It's Pareto principle. Just, you know, you can just kind of throw it in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to decide, like, what's the 20% that I need to focus on? that's going to produce the 80% results. And I would recommend anybody to do that because... And that's an ongoing thing because your 20% could grow and then you might have to shrink it down again. It's not always going to be. Sometimes it's 75, 25, but it's usually closer to 80, 20. Mm -hmm. So if you know that you have a client who is hot on your heels to get an invoice and you over here organizing your papers because you're procrastinating, that's not making sense. And Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to myself in, in that sense too. All right, so... Therapy. Oh, I also think it's interesting um, to note or to remember that the things that we do, like working in your business, 
But is it working on your business? Working in That's versus a difference. Working on. Yeah. 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 So I try to remember working, working when you working on your business is the one that that's the zoom out and piecing at high level yeah. zoomed out. Okay, how are these pieces playing with each other versus working in is like on the ground. Like working in is dirt. Working on is clouds. Good stuff. I like it. Clouds versus dirt. Gary V. That isn't me. So working in is client. Customer stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I feel like the working on your business could actually take more time because you have to have things in place in order to work with the customer. Mm. And so it may be difficult to find that, to do that 80-20 thing or 20% thing when it's like, this is 105%, but the 20% is what I really sort of kind of need to be doing. Ooh. So go ahead. You go first because I was gonna hop in. This is sound dead petty, right? Yeah. But that's on you. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but that's on you. So if that means you have a nine to five job and you need to spend that time from eight to two in the morning getting your business together. We won't use the other word. What word? <laughs> you mean? <laughs> then that's what you have to do to set up your processes mm-hmm. initially or when you realize that things are real mm-hmm. and these people pay you and you have no way of organizing yourself and then you can go from there of course in the beginning you have to work in your business but I may end on it I'm going into yeah blah 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 mm. I shouldn't be constantly <laughs> working in my business mm-hmm. and yeah, that's you, on me you have to completely you have to move in and out and in and out and out so there's a book that I'm going to read for the umpteenth time because I feel like this is a hint of reading it. It's called The Phoenix Project. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a book primarily, it revol- it's, a no- it's a novel, but it, it revolves around um, software developers in this company that um, is trying to make sure the company doesn't go bankrupt working in this legacy system with a lot of moving pieces. Mm-hmm. And then this dude who was kind of third in command moving directly to the first in command who doesn't want anything to do with this. But then he meets uh, somebody who is kind of an investor in the business, secretly enough, like but like kind of a weird Yoda type figure, um, that is guiding him to look at the different uh, the business a different way. And one of the things that he uses as a uh, a visual analogy in the book is a factory. So when um, the the protagonist would try to find out what he needs to do and he runs into the mentor of the business. He say, okay, come follow me. And they would always go up to the top floor of the building where they could look down at the factory floor, right? Mm-hmm. And you would, and in that view, you could see all the different departments and the sections of the factory of the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, one of the many amazing quotes that he used in, in the book is like, anything that isn't an improvement on the bottleneck is just a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Like if, Anything that doesn't improve where most of the tension is and what you do on a day-to-day basis is just a facade. And if you don't continue to approve that, anything else just doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. So you could, so in an analogy, comes close to to me, you could do as much as you do to do promoted ads and marketing and and branding. You could spend a lot of time on that. But if you you as the company does not have the capacity to support the number of people who come in through that door after yeah. you do those things, then it's a waste of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, so it's really trying to hone in on, okay, where, 
really is the pain point of what you uh, of where you're at right now in your growth, and that evolves yeah. and that changes, and that's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But again, I think what organizing does, especially like you know, like when you're trying to find a thing and your room is messy, but you you can't find it until you clean the room until you really organize yourself and really mm-hmm. clean that room where you can focus on what you need to focus on mm-hmm. or what your goal really is everything else is really a facade and that's something that, that always stuck in my head and there's always some gems in that book that I'll keep going to but mm-hmm. that's basically where I'm going to be at right now in this process of organizing I know um, intuitively what I need to improve on but I need to get really clear on what the components of that thing is so I could tactically give um, tangible solutions for that problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say too. Um, so there's this lady who I'm a part of a marketing mentorship. It's Audrey Richmond, and one of the things she said is, if you don't have the capacity to take on new clients, why are you marketing? Why are True. you running ads? Why are same you? Same yeah. um, So it's the same thing. Sometimes we're at capacity. And we're still, there's nothing wrong with creating, but when you are talking about running ads and you know you have to do everything manually yourself, you're setting yourself up because you're going to turn people off, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's no different than, (laughs) I had someone say to me after, I think someone had posted products or yes, posted products. I posted products for the person and then they came to the event and the products were sold out and they were like, but why would you put a picture on social media at this live event and it's already sold out? That's true. Um, That's false advertising. Mm -hmm. And so it's the same difference, right? So it's not to say the person wouldn't patronize, but at the same time, it could leave a, a nasty taste. So to combat that, one of the things that I tell people is, if, if you can do a wait list, then do a wait list. And then they'll come back to you if they can, or you can reach out to them. Um, you can reach out to them when you have space. Because for them, a wait list does a couple things. One, it shows that you are booked and busy, mm-hmm. which for some people, that means, oh, this person must be good. Mm-hmm. And so I need to wait for them, or I should consider Number two, that allows you to be organized as to who you follow up with. And you can still be pushing content to them, right? Or even just a quick follow-up like, hey, sorry, I still can't get to you, but here are some resources that might be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just give them an idea like, listen, you know, I don't have space in my calendar until March or until June. Um, I will contact you closer to the date or you contact me. But there's some other step that you can allow them to feel like you care and that they're being considered mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus I'm closed, forget you, go somewhere else. Class. Which would work splendidly for you. <laughs> Until next year. Until next year. Or 2021. Oh. Again, it's evolving. It's ever evolving. And I think that's probably, um, arguably, the subject of this episode is one of the, the less... Um, shiny things about entrepreneurship or it's doing it on shiny. your own. What's shiny? <laughs> yeah, I said one of the less. So this dusty, 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 and rusty. But it's so it's it's important, right? And, and you can't discount it. It's like no. it isn't just the thing that you do or the thing that you offer. It's the things around that thing mm-hmm. that make or break mm-hmm. your business. But to the uh, 
to most cases, you as you experience that business or how you interact with that business and yeah. itself. Anyway, this is one in one very lengthy episode we could wrap up. Um, any closing thoughts before we do? Um, I think mm-hmm. also consider that nothing is created in silo. And so you, all of the things that you're doing all connected to each other in some kind of way. Mm. Uh, so consider that when you are th- t- doing your organizing, which please organize before 2020. Right. And we'll probably talk about the last, the next couple episodes will be relation to the closing off the year and a little bit more reflection and just prepping for the year that is coming, 2020. Ooh. That's what you would say. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, these, thank you for tuning in with us. As always, these episodes are recorded at Venture Coworking, number 17 Rosetta Street, where we provide tool spaces and resources for entrepreneurs. Thank you for tuning in with us. Join us, talk to us, find out how you could use the space as a resource for yourself and also find out about membership and how you could connect with the community. Mm -hmm. Um, As always, I am Travis. I'm Shauna. My name's Tremaine. And we will link. Peace out.